Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market. And today's episode, I have a good one for you here today. We're going to call this guy Ricky Bobby. And Ricky Bobby writes, Dear Ryan, my name is Ricky Bobby. Actually, his name's not really Ricky Bobby. I just give people a Florida redneck name. This one's not so much a Florida redneck name as it is a Will Ferrell character from Talladega Nights. But anyways, Ricky goes on to write, This ended up being pretty long, and I've used so many other variations of Bobby as the redneck name. Figured, hey, we haven't used Ricky Bobby yet, so let's go ahead and do that. Ricky goes on to say, this ended up being a pretty long email, so I'm sorry about that, but I hope you'll get through it and come up with a response. If you make a podcast with us, please change my name and be less specific with the details that I shared down below. I I, I am being a little bit less specific. I changed a couple of things around without changing the integrity of the email, of course. He writes, in April of 2020, I opened up my first brokerage account. Initially, I put $400 in it and bought shares of Ford, General Electric, and DSU. I didn't really have a plan, but the idea was just to hold them long-term and see what happened. By the fall of 2020, they had all risen fairly nicely, along with the broader market, if I remember correctly, from when I bought them. Yes, the market did pretty good following March 2020. <laughs> Actually, it had a couple of good years there until 2022 hit. Ricky goes on to write, however, the airline industry had not. In November 2020, I deposited another $350 into my brokerage. This is where things get interesting. In November of 2020, I bought three shares of American Airlines, two shares of United Airlines, two U.S. Global Jets ETF shares. Then in December 2020, I also bought one share of JetBlue, and I also bought four shares of Honda, one share of Siemens, and two shares of Nikola. All of them used up pretty much all of the cash in my brokerage account. My reasoning for buying most of these companies was that I had exposure to them in my own life. I had previously owned a Ford truck. GE is a pretty standard name for most people in this country. I now own a Honda. Siemens name is plastered all around the town that I live in, as well as GE. I have always flown American and I have an account with them. Aside from those, a friend of mine had a bunch of DSU shares that they said paid a nice dividend. All the other airlines I picked up because I saw an opportunity in the airline sector. As far as Nicola went, I had seen what they were doing with the hydrogen stuff and figured I could risk $30 on a couple of shares. Not a good strategy. I know. <laughs> Definitely not a good strategy, but at least it was only $30, right? By the way, this email might be the longest one that I've ever done for this podcast episode. It's like a page and a half. Very detailed, to say the least. And don't worry if you don't get all the details. That's not really the main point of this, but it's just giving you a little bit of an understanding of his approach. So it's not like you got to go sit down and write down everything that I'm talking about here. I'm just giving you what he's telling me, and then I'm going to give you some of my thoughts. Anyways, Ricky Bobby goes on to say that I decided I was not going to add any more to this account until I had saved a six-month emergency fund plus some extra money and came up with a real trading plan, which I knew I needed if I wanted to continue this in the future. Saying the right thing so far. In April 2021, I sold all my airline-related positions except for American. I kept those because those were the best performers, and I was a member, and I believed in the company, so I wanted to keep holding it. I sold United for a plus 29% gain, U.S. Global Jets for 25%, and JetBlue for 40%. After... Those sales, I did not buy or sell anything else up to the present day. I did, however, get a forced payout of a half share of GE when they did a one-for-eight reverse stock split at that time. The payout on that half share translated to a 51% profit for me. All right, 
I don't know if he's rewarding this right or not. When you get a reverse stock split, you're not like getting a profit off of that. I'm guessing that that half share that he had to cash out was up 51% from where he originally bought it at. That's so don't mistake in that the reverse split gave him a 51% gain. In 2021, the account gained 51% overall. 2022, year-to-date, it has dropped 23% due to the market decline and me seriously not messing with it until I established a plan and robust savings. Page two. In the, in the spring, summer of 2021, I did mess around with some crypto briefly. I put $340 in it, and it ended up going up nicely. I sold most of it for a 60% gain. I recouped all of my initial 340 that I originally put in it and made about 150 extra dollars and still had a few of the tokens, I did end up buying back in with the difference after it dropped a little, which hasn't done too great, but I kept the initial 340 out completely so that everything else is profit, no matter what it does. He does seem to have a bit of a profile here that takes risk serious, like he doesn't want to lose money. And that's always a good thing because in the stock market, believe it or not, people are far too willing to lose a lot of money. They just don't realize it until it's too late. So sorry for the long backstory, but I wanted to Make sure that you have a comprehensive look into my trading and investing history. Well, sir, I can assure you that I have a pretty good understanding now. Fast forward to present day. I have enough savings to live on for six months easy, plus an extra $10,000. I have $7,000 in a Roth IRA, which is not invested in anything because I still need a plan for that. But therefore, I can pull the cash out easily if I need it in an emergency. The brokerage is currently still at a value of just under $1,300. If you add the $1,300 account value to the $340 cash, I can pull back out of my crypto account. Then I'd have $1,600 to play with that I've already disassociated from my personal finances. I am wondering if you think it's possible and or advisable for me to quit my job. Now, this is where it gets interesting, guys. And spend some time just completely focusing on trading to learn how to trade as a main source of income. I know for the most part, the trading and investing environment since 2020 has been hard to lose money in. And that's all the experience that I have. All my stock trades, investments, and my one dip into crypto has been pretty much complete luck. Okay, he's being honest with himself here. I haven't lost any money overall, but a few stocks are down since I bought them. I really don't have a clue about technical analysis and depth or even fundamentals, but I'm super burnt out at my current job and I want to get out. I work 12 plus hour night shifts and sleep during the day, so I can't really be active trading during the day. And I also don't really have time to do research after needing to fit work, sleep, and meals into a short 24-hour day. I find the trading space very interesting. Would ideally want to swing trade and position trade as opposed to day trading. I'm 24, no wife, no kids. I have enough money to live on for a while with no income. I don't like my job. And I have no responsibilities except to take care of myself. Man, dude's living the dream for a lot of people here. <laughs> no responsibilities really except to just show up at work. Presumably, if I started being profitable with a small amount, I also have enough money that I could start trading with bigger amounts that might be enough to make real income. Just curious to hear your thoughts on the matter since overall, you do this trading thing well. Thank you for reading my essay. It's definitely an essay. I look forward to hearing your response. Regards, Ricky Bobby. P.S. I know you're not a financial advisor, so you can insert the standard disclaimer here. I won't hold you liable for any opinions you may have. Yes, I am not a financial advisor. Don't hold myself out to be one. I give you my take on things just from my own personal experience, and don't expect anybody to actually listen to what I have to say, though. And I don't expect anybody to really actually listen to anything I have to say. But for me, I tell you the stories and I share the experiences that have worked for me over my lifetime. Now, with all of that being said, what am I drinking? Well, 
I tell you what, with the length of that email, I should have probably poured something pretty strong. But <laughs> nothing against Ricky Bobby for writing a long email. I've had some long emails, and I actually enjoy it because I do get a big idea of what the person's dealing with and a better understanding in that regard, so it's no big deal at all. But I'm drinking Ellington Reserve Salted Caramel. This is another Canadian whiskey. I can tell that by the fact that it says Ellington and the fact that it has a Canadian symbol on there. So this is the Salted Caramel flavored whiskey. It's 35% alcohol, 70 proof. Let me tell you, just looking at this thing, I, I see like little dots like floating around in the water. I don't know what the heck those are, but it's, every time they start doing these flavor things, it always muddies the water a little bit. Now, it smells like cough syrup. It tastes like cough syrup. The only difference between this and cough syrup is that it's salted flavored. It just doesn't taste good. I feel like when I'm drinking this stuff, I'm like a dog that's trying to get the peanut butter off the roof of its mouth. It's like, I'm like, I'm, you know, I, I can't get rid of that flavor in my mouth. The finish is atrocious. I definitely would rather drink water than this. I mean, come on, Canada. Why can't you guys produce a good freaking whiskey? You guys don't do it. I don't know what's going on here, but I've yet to try a good whiskey from Canada. Trying these salted ones, maybe that makes it a little bit better. It doesn't. It just makes it worse. It's, gosh, I almost feel like it's going to steal my voice from me and I'm not going to be able to do this podcast anymore. Is it everyday sipper? No. It's not even give it to your worst enemy kind of a sipper. I'm going to give this a 2.8 and I'm probably being generous on this. I don't even think I can finish this. This this is just going to probably be a sink pour. Pour it right down the sink. Sink will probably spit it right back at me. I might have to soak it up and wring the rag in the toilet or something after I'm done with this one. 2.8. I'm chasing it with a Mountain Dew right now because I just want to get the taste out of my mouth. Ellington Reserve Salted Caramel. Why would they even give you a taste of this thing? Because I got a sample of this, right? Did not buy the whole bottle. But who's going to buy this thing after they've had a sample? Might as well just sell the freaking bottles, right? All right. Now, let's get back to Ricky Bobby here because we have some stuff we need to discuss here. He's got one thing on his side. He's got youth in the sense that he's got no wife, no kids, nobody to really worry about from him making a bad decision here. That's one thing going for him. Now, is he profitable in the stock market? 2020, 2021, he was profitable. He bought a whole bunch of different stocks. A couple of them didn't work. A couple of them did. It sounds like he's never lost money before. That sounds like it's also because he's never sold his losing stocks either. So I got a friend that's just like that. He's very proud that he, and I've told you guys, I just need to give this guy a name that I referred to in all my previous podcast episodes about how he proudly proclaims he's never had a losing trade. We'll call him Butch. My friend Butch, he runs around and he says, I've never had a losing trade before. And his ego, just like I talked about in the previous podcast, his ego is so big that it's more important to him to keep losing at a trade than to sell it for a small loss and admit, okay, I was wrong on the trade, wrong on the investment, let's move on to the next one. But now I'm not trying to say Ricky Bobby's like Butch in terms of the ego, but it's not the best thing when you write me and you tell me that you never had a loss before. Because... That's one of the surefire signs that you're not ready for trading in the prime time. you got to be able and be ready to take losses and expect losses nonetheless. Like I've said before, I expect to take plenty of losses throughout the year, maddening losses at times because I don't want it to hit my stop loss. It does, and I have to be disciplined and take those stop losses. And the way I plan my trade is I expect every trade to be a loser. Now, one thing he says early on that really stood out to me, I was like, oh, crap, I don't know if I like that. He says, I held a stock because I was a member of that company and I believed in the company, so I wanted to keep holding it. Does the market care about the fact that you were a member of that company or you had a membership to a particular perk with that company or that you believed in it? No. Does the bad earnings season take into account how much it's going to sell off based off of whether you believe in the stock? No. If the market enters a bear market, is it going to somehow hold off penalizing you as much on that stock as other stocks simply because you believed in it? No. Look, I've believed in the Miami Dolphins since 
the nine months before I was born. And I have yet to be rewarded for that belief in them. And it's kind of like that with stocks too. It's like, yeah, you can you can have a belief in stocks, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to turn out the way you want it to turn out. Now, he actually did have a profit in this company, and it was the best performer out of the airline stocks. But still, what I'm attacking is not whether or not it ended up being the right decision, but whether or not making your belief in a company the basis for whether or not you buy or hold or sell. I would say that's usually a bad, it's like trading with your gut. You trade with your gut, it's usually going to burn you. Because really, when you're trading with your gut, you're trading with emotions. But then fast forward to the end of this guy's email. Dude is ready to quit and just spend the like the next, um, he, well, he said he had at least six months of emergency savings. So he's willing to burn through that in order to learn trading. Well, the, the problem with that is that, yes, you can learn a lot about trading in six months, but experience is such a key thing. I think it's good to bury yourself in your trade and your passions and what, what you're trying to accomplish in life. But if you take the time, will you necessarily be a great trader in six months? I don't think so. Not for most people. I know there's a lot of things that are out there that'll tell you you can become a great trader right out of the gate. I'm just here to tell you the truth. I think there's times where you can be profitable, just like what he did in 2020 and 2021, but a lot of traders also did that. And now they're they're getting just destroyed this year. Even Ricky Bobby here, he's getting destroyed. He's down 23%. One thing I would probably do, and I think this would probably change Ricky Bobby's perspective on this whole outlook on wanting to just go cold turkey into trading without any experience, without any true understanding of what it takes to become a successful trader, I would say get a better job. Get a job that you like. I mean, 12 hours at night working the graveyard shift, yeah, that's hard on anybody, man. You're sleeping when it's daylight outside. You're working when it's dark. Our bodies weren't really built for that. I know a lot of people do that, but I'm just saying that if it's if it's not for you, probably go find another job. I mean, there's still a lot of job openings out there at this moment. Not saying that if you're listening to this 10 years down the road that the same thing can be said, but at the moment, there's still a lot of job opportunities out there. I would focus on that. Find a job that would be conducive to you being able to develop your trading skills. First and foremost, that's what I would probably do. Now, look, I, I was at a job too at one point. I hated it. Absolutely hated it. I don't feel like a soul out there could have hated their job as much as I did. But the one thing that I did do, and even looking back, I was like, man, that was probably pretty crazy to quit when I did because there's a lot of things that you encounter that you don't realize that you're going to encounter when you quit your full-time job to become a full-time trader. And also, if you're wanting to do that, also start trying to figure out a side gig. Maybe you know how to play the guitar or something and you can go play some guitar at coffee shops, you know, between 6 and 10 o'clock at night and trade during the day or something. Or do something to like support yourself as you're trying to learn the trading. I wouldn't just go cold turkey and just start burning through all the savings that you've saved up. And I think there's some double dipping here where he's like, "Eh, you know, I got some extra money here that I can pull into the stock market. But you're also trying to use that money to live off of. So it's like, I don't know how you're going to trade and live off of that same amount of money. And right now he has about $1,300, $1,400 in his trading account, unless he thinks he can make 1,000% a month, which would make him probably the greatest trader that's ever existed consistently. I don't see how that's possible. I mean, if you have $100,000 in your trading account, and you make 3% a month, which is very aggressive, by the way. That's that's $36,000 a year, 3000 a month. $36,000 is not a lot to live off of. So if you had $100,000 in your account, you probably need at least $5,000 in most cases. Now, he doesn't have a lot of responsibilities. That's a good thing. But I think even then, I think I'd be knocking on my dad's door and be like, hey, pops, you know, might need a place to stay a little while while I quit my job and try to figure out how to become a trader. And I'm not sure there's too many fathers out there that can be like... <laughs> Heck yeah, man. That's a great idea. Because a lot of people would probably think that's a crazy idea. A lot of people thought it was crazy when I quit my job. But here, I didn't make it. But I can tell you this. Six months of emergency savings and funds, that won't last long. You'll be shocked at how fast six months will go by. 
You're like, crap, I really didn't think this one through. And while you're living on that six months of emergency funds, what's going to happen when you have unexpected expenses? Because those things do happen as well. You might have to replace the roof or get a new AC or Taylor Swift concert tickets that you don't get for your wife, even though she had full confidence in your ability to be able to secure those tickets. You just couldn't be able to do that. Yes, that's that's me I'm talking about. My wife likes Taylor Swift. I wasn't able to get those tickets, man. I really thought I could pull it off, but wasn't able to do so. But anyways, that's a different podcast episode, probably a different podcast show. So again, yes, great that you have an emergency fund, quitting your job, going cold turkey into full-time trading. A little bit of a misplaced hope there. I think if you don't like your job, find another job. There's tons of jobs out there. Find a job that you like. And if you are going to quit, man, have like a side gig or something. If it's guitar, if it's playing the ukulele, if it's waiting tables at night from 6 to 10 o'clock. Yeah, I mean, I know a guy that does that, does it all the time. And he gets by doing that. But going cold turkey, quitting your job when you don't even know anything about technical analysis, it may take you six months before you even make your first trade. If you're still trying to figure out a strategy, just trying to learn what technical analysis is, it's a very technical thing, man. It's very difficult. It's very intricate. There's a lot to learn. Let me tell you, the market day-to-day is is a very difficult place. But one thing that does help traders is swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Guys, this is what you want to make sure that you have in your arsenal. You're going to get all of my stock market research each and every day, videos sent to you directly each and every day. Swingtradingthestockmarket.com. You're going to support the podcast. You're going to support this episode and the many episodes that follow. Plus, you're getting trade ideas, market updates, updates on the big thing, tech stocks, my watch list each week. Check it out. I'm really sure that you're going to like it. Swingtradingthestockmarket.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a five-star review. Keep sending me your questions. Ryan at SharePointer.com. Yes, I give my honest opinion. Try to be nice about it. But one thing I will not be nice about is Canadian whiskey. I think it's the worst stuff out there. And in Canada, you can do better. All right, guys. Take care. God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to SharePointer.com slash trading block. That's www.SharePointer.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at SharePlanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.